0: Well, I'm not exactly sure how you are supposed to preach anything after that. And so I will not spend a lot of time, but I do want to share with you some scripture in Luke chapter two. And that is a good reminder. Again, we we and I understand, I understand, you know, this time of the year. You wanna do all you can to spend all the time with family. You don't know how long they'll be here. You don't know how long you'll be here. And so sometimes I think we miss the fact that eternity's a long time. That's right. Yeah, amen. Amen. And so while we we say, well, you know, the kids are growing up and mom and dad may not be here next year at this time, we none of us may be here right. this time next year. And that song brought to mind that we're living and laboring for more than this world. Yes, sir. And if you're not, may I say, you're missing out on what. Now think about this. we, As you get older, you have more and more on the other side than you do on this side. That's right. And heaven becomes a lot sweeter. And let me say, first of all, for all of us that have loved ones that have gone on, I know it's difficult, but at the same time, we have to realize that if they're saved, they're in a much better place than we are, and we're celebrating the birth of Christ. And that's what the most important thing is about this whole time of year. Family's great, and man, I mean, getting together and eating and Opening presents or whatever you do, but but again, all that in eternity is not going to matter. That's right, right. How long you spend in eternity with your family is a whole lot more important That's than how right. long you spend over That's December twenty fourth, twenty fifth, twenty sixth, right? And so, Luke chapter two, verse number eight. I want to start there and read down through verse number fourteen. I'm just going to share a few thoughts with you. I'm not going to preach long. I think everything probably today that needed to be said this morning and tonight has been said, but I just want to remind you of how amazing the birth of Christ really is. Luke chapter 2 verse 8, the Bible said, there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night, and lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. Glory to God in the highest. Yes. And on peace uh, on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Amen. So uh, I want you to think about this for a moment. Really, that night for those shepherds started like any other night. They weren't expecting to be visited by the angels, the messengers right. of God. They weren't right. expecting to have the good news that a Savior was born. They were just expecting to go on and do their thing that they do uh, as they're watching their flock. And so yet this night is the night of nights. Think about the message they received that night that a Savior is born, the Savior is born. And so this evening as we celebrate the eve of Christmas Day, the day that we choose to celebrate the birth of Christ, may it be a night... Like no other for us, it is the night when God would bring Him who is the light of the world into the world, and Emmanuel has come. And there were shepherds abiding in the field, and the message, really, and when you think about it, came to the shepherds. And what's ironic and interesting is, in that culture, in that society, the shepherds were the lowest of the low. God didn't bring it to the, the message to the palace first. He didn't bring it to the religious crowd first. He he brought it to that lowly group of shepherds that were outcasts that nobody really wanted. Right. And I'm glad of that because really what he's saying to us today is that salvation is to un, unto all men. Right. That you don't have to be religious to be saved. You don't have to be rich to be That's saved. Right. Matter of fact, we realize that we're all wretched in the sight of God. Right. And so I'm glad that we've said it. He saves to the uttermost and the guttermost. Right. And so the... Night that they're in the field watching their flock The angels come and, and make this proclamation It's a light a night like no other And number one you see the prophecy and preparation of in, incarnation Now we know as we look in the Old Testament That the Old Testament is filled with promises about the Savior The seed of the woman uh, should bruise the head of the serpent We know that that promise was made all the way back in the garden And to Abraham all nations through his seed would be blessed. And we know that uh, Moses tells a greater lawgiver will appear one day, and the psalmist sing of a great king and a great shepherd. And Isaiah himself told us of the Prince of Peace. Amen. So it should have been no surprise that Jesus was coming. But it's amazing, no one was looking for him then. May I say, very few are looking for him now. I mean all the signs were there, all the prophecies were there and and you study God's Word and when Jesus was born everything that God said would take place in the Old Testament He fulfilled every one of them. Yet they still would not accept Him. And so even today we look and we realize that as we study the Word of God we look at the news and we see wars and rumors of wars we see earthquakes, we see all these calamities and we even see where in uh, in the New Testament where the Bible said in the last days perilous times will come dangerous times and you go through that list and what's interesting to me no doubt the world has always been like that but now we're in the day where we're seeing God's people being like that the church right and I believe that's why it's dangerous and so We see that all the promises were made in the Old Testament. Now, here is the incarnation of God himself. And yet, man's not looking for him. I mean, really, think about it, Brother Jose. The shepherds really weren't looking for him. They were keeping their sheep. They were doing what they were supposed to do. And may I say this? Uh, That's what we ought to be doing today. You say, what do you mean? Well, we, we ought to be tending the sheep. We ought to be seeing sheep. Born, uh, birth, sheep. I mean by that is more people ought to be getting saved. It is our job in these last days to let people know that just like the Old Testament prophets said Jesus is coming the first time, we ought to be the ones to say second come the second time. Yet we're more concerned about who won the football game and who's going to win political office and uh, whether or not uh, uh, the economy's up or down. But listen, we're in these days where we are to be those messengers of God telling the world that Jesus is coming back. So it's a promise of a Savior, but I want you to see the precise time of the Savior. The Bible said He came in the fullness of time. That means the the exact time that God said and knew it needed to happen. He wasn't early. He wasn't late. And people say things like this. Well, if God tarries, may I say this? God doesn't tarry. God does everything on his timetable. It is for you and me to get on his timetable, not to say, well, you know, if if God tarries his coming, he's not tarrying, he's not putting off his coming, he's going to come right when he said he would. Well, when is that? I don't know, praise God. But he said he's coming, and so when he does, I ought to be ready for it. And, And so he came in the fullness of time. In other words, when the time was right. Yeah. Now, you and I would look and say, well, I, hey, man, the time's right. He ought to be coming out. Brother Foy, the time must not be right because he hadn't come back. That's right. May I say you ought, to, you, ought to, you ought to lift your hands to heaven and thank God he hadn't come back. Say, how can you say that, preacher? Are you really ready? Oh, I'm ready, preacher. I can't wait to get to heaven. Really? Do you not understand uh, what the judgment seat of Christ is going to be? Huh? Oh, I can't wait to get to heaven, walk them pearly gate or walk them golden streets, walk through that pearly gate and have my mansion. See all my friends and family. We're just gonna have a shouting time in heaven. Gotta get through the judgment seat first. I don't know too many, Brother Jimmy, like Paul said in the he said he didn't have anybody's blood on his hands. Getting quieter, ain't it? What I'm saying, he came in the fullness of time when the time was right. And although we look across the landscape and see all this going on in this world, it's not time yet. And and until it's time, you know what we ought to do? We ought to be shepherding. We ought to be working. We ought to be working in the field. Uh, uh, The field is white under harvest. Guess what? He said, pray, pray, pray. What? He didn't say pray to have a bigger church. He didn't say pray Jesus would come back today. Here's what he said. He said, pray for laborers. Pray for more sheep herders. Yes. There were those like Simeon who were waiting the coming, but most were not. But God said, in the fullness of time, when the right time came, a Savior was born. Amen. That's divine providence. So the prophecy and pref- preparation. Number two is the plan of incarnation. Was that. Watch this, it's a miraculous birth. We won't go through the whole thing we've said it many times. But the Bible said here that, uh, uh, that uh, the Lord was born. We know that Mary was espoused uh, uh, great with child. And the Bible said here, lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. The glory of the Lord shone around about them. He said, uh, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord. Well why was it miraculous? Well, we know, according to the book of Isaiah that it was a virgin birth right. Now I think we've lost the we've lost uh the wonder of that whole thing I mean through modern science and medicine you can you can technically you know uh through in vitro fertilization I guess you could have a baby and be a virgin, but back then you couldn't. They ain't, ain't no other Jesus coming, amen, I promise you that. So the miraculous birth was the virgin birth. She was a virgin, amen. amen. And, and we won't go through, you know why? Because the, the, the Lamb of God had to be sinless and perfect. But also the crowded in. Isn't it amazing that, that just right then, God set it up where people had to go back to pay a tax and Joseph just happened to have to go back to the place that the Lord said Jesus had to be born. Right, right. Well, that's a coincidence, isn't it? And then the very inn that was there, I don't guess is a Holiday Inn or a Hampton Inn, right? right, right. Was all booked up. Right. So Jesus had to be born a manger. And then we see here that the angels came and proclaimed the good news to shepherds. Not kings, not Pharisees, not Sadducees, the lowly at heart. And aren't you glad that God's still doing that today? That He'll take the humble. The one that realizes that God be merciful to me as sinners. And still reveal himself to us today. Not in pride, not in intellect. But the sweet Holy Spirit of God will pass by your way. And as you study the scriptures, they become real. As the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart, he becomes real. May I say it's not an intellectual knowledge. They knew, they knew, Brother Shane, that a a Messiah was coming. But now they had an experience. Friend, if you've never had an experience, if there's never been a time where Jesus has come into your life and changed you, that is an experience. That's not just an intellectual knowledge of, I know I'm a sinner, I don't want to go to hell, I'm going to say a prayer. I'm talking about when the Holy Spirit of God lives inside of you, it changes you. These shepherds would never be the same. You say, how do you know? Well, because they went out telling other folks, you ain't gonna believe what happened. The shepherds returning, glorified, praising God in verse twenty for all the things that they had heard and seen, as it was told unto them. Right. So it's a r- miraculous birth. It was a monumental birth. Right. There never been, and nev- there has never been in history past, and there ha- never has been since that day forward a birth like this one. Never. What? Well, how is it monumental? Well, may I say this? 2,000 years later, what are we still talking about? Now, we, we're not talking about the, the birth of Abraham Lincoln. We're not talking about the birth of Muhammad. We're not talking about the birth of Gandhi. Listen, I don't even know where Buddha was born at. But hallelujah, praise God, I can tell you exactly where Jesus was born at. Amen. 2,000 years later, we're still talking about it. We still are celebrating, amen. And I know it's all commercialized and, you know, you got Santis and Christmas trees and all the rest of it. But I'm still glad, praise God, we've set aside a time to make much of the birth of Jesus Christ. It's sad that churches are are not doing that. I mean, it's sad, praise God, that they're more concerned with, you know, uh, all the commercial side of it. But so are Christians. We ought to at least take some time out to think about the miraculous birth. We're still in awe of this tonight. As I sit here, I honestly cannot believe, Brother Justin, that God, as Miss Sheila sang this morning, holy God would look at us unholy men and say, I love you enough. To come down and live among you and die for you. It still blows my mind. Brother Dennis, I got saved April 21st, 1996. And that may not be as long as some of you, but I want to say this. I haven't got over it. Man, I don't want to be one of these has-been Christians that used to get excited when I think about what God did for me. And, well, you just wait till you've been saved as long as I do. I, if that's what it is, I hope Jesus takes me home before I get saved as long as you do because some Christians I've met, Brother Chad, I don't, want, I don't want to be as dry and dead as they are. Amen. man, I, I still want to get excited about Jesus. And I still want to get excited about Christmas. And I still want to get excited about the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I still want to get excited that he's saving sinners. And praise God that we can make much of him in song and preaching. Aren't you? I'm glad he's coming back. But I want to be ready when he comes back. See, there has never been another like it in 2,000 years. It's monumental. One of a kind. I, I thought it was interesting when I was growing up. I don't remember, Brother Gary, that a lot of people being born on March 22nd. That's my birthday. I thought. I'd hear people say, well, I'm born here. I've got a birthday on the same day as you, you know. But nobody nobody was born on March 22nd. Until you expand, right, you, social media and your circle of people. Then you start realizing, a lot of people got the same birthday as me. I'm not the only one. That's right. But Let me say this. There's only one of these. That's right. Amen. <laughs> There's only one. Lord to God. He's the only one. Yes, Amen. Right. It's a monumental birth. And then number three, the purpose and power of it. Why did he come? By the way, it wasn't so we could have a holiday. The purpose is he came as a savior. He came as a lamb. And one day he's coming as a lion. First time he came, he came as a lowly lamb to die for you. The next time he comes, he's coming as a lion. And he's going to set everything in order. He came to save his people from their sins. He came. He came to the Jew first. They said, We'll not have this man rule over us. We heard it this morning. His blood be upon us and our children. God said, Well, now I offer it to the Gentiles. He came to glorify God. That's right. Yes, sir. The birth of Christ glorified God. Why? Because he proclaimed it in the Old Testament. He glorified God in his birth, he glorified God in his life, he glorified God in his death, he glorified God in his resurrection, and he's glorifying God now as he ascended and now is the advocate for his people. And friend, may I say this, your life now, because you're his, is to glorify God. That's it. Very singular, right? got to have all these goals and listen I think 2024 ought to be you know your best year ever and you've got financial goals and fiscal health goals and you've got spiritual goals and you've got uh, you know career goals wonderful but may I say if you just put it at the very top of your goal sheet what you're trying to accomplish and everything else go underneath it it ought to be one thing in big bold letters about uh, 48 points in your font glorify God yeah. Because yes, if we don't glorify God yes, in all the goals we have, amen. they're not worth having. Right. Yes, hey, amen. I want to pay off all my debt, so i have a lot of money. To make. What are you going to do with it? Come on, tell it? I'm going to buy me another house, another car, a motorcycle. I'm going to buy fishing rods and guns. and How are you going to glorify God with it? Right. Well, I, I'm, if, I get a, if I get me a four-wheeler, I'm going to name it visitation <laughs> so I can say I'm out on visitation today. Whatever, man. You see what I'm saying? What's your health goal? Well, I I just I want to be healthy. Why? Because I don't want to take medicine. Okay, but why? Come on, you're right. See, because you might have to take medicine. That's right. You ought to want to be healthy so you can glorify God. Amen. Yes, sir. Why do you want to work that job? Well, it pays good money, got insurance, and got who cares? How many how many know this? They can take that away from you tomorrow. Good. You, you better work that job to glorify God. Yes, sir. See what I'm saying? Yes, we get so caught up in if you just have one goal. Reach glorify on. God. Right. Now you can have all the sub-goals you want, but that one ought to be big, bold letters, yes, underlined, highlighted, praise God. Whatever you gotta do. Glorify God. If I don't, Brother Harley, if we don't glorify God when we when we're laid right here, we failed. Well, I didn't fail. My kids came to my funeral, said some nice things. But if you, it, if when you get to heaven, you don't hear "Well done, good and faithful servant," you failed. That's right. So did I. Amen. Came to glorify God. He came to bring peace. Yes. Came to bring the light and light to the light and life to the world. Yes. In other words, we've sang it. I don't know how many times over Christmas. Born to die. Yes. He came to die. I'm glad he healed folks. Right. Glad he raised the dead. But if he'd never done all that, That's right. he came for one reason. Yes, sir. To die. Amen. Amen. You want me to tell you how you live? Yeah. Right? You want me to tell you how you live? You live by dying. That's right. You yes, got yes, to die man. to sell. I'm just, uh, again, so amazed. And I, and I understand I'm, I can be prone to this too. How we embrace worldly philosophy, right? right? And we try to spiritual. well, I believe God wants me to live my best life ever. What does that mean? Well, it means I'm happy at my job. I'm happy in my marriage. I take 72 vacations a year, right? Got money in the bank, right? I got the best of everything. I think that's, well, you don't have scripture for that. you ain't got, you ain't got, you don't have Bible for that. You telling, what are you telling me? Paul, who God entrusted to pin down most of the New Testament, was a heretic. Because he said he knew how to abound and be abased. Whatsoever state I am, be content. Right? Your purpose, glorify God. The way you do that, you die to self right. and live to him. That's good. Praise God. Yes, sir. Let me ask you this. <laughs> if your purpose and my purpose in this life is singular, to bring glory to God, do, do you run that, do you run everything you do through the prism of "Do I am I doing that? Here's what, I'm, here's what I mean. From everything you think, right, yes, sir. does it glorify God? Well, I can't help what I think. It's not what the Bible said. Right. Am I right? You're right. It's what the Bible yes, said. You can't control what you think. Amen. What about what you say? Well, sometimes my mouth, not what the Bible said. Getting quieter, isn't it? That's good. You know why? Because we make up excuses why we don't glorify God. Well, here's—is that glorifying God? Because I've seen some Christian post. It might make you feel good, but it sure don't make God look good. That's right. Amen. What about down at the job? That's right. Are you one of those kind of Christians? Right. It's everything you do in glorifying God. So that's what Jesus did. Not one time. Not one time. Think about it. Not one time did he ever do, Brother Kenneth, something that glorified him. That's good. He glorified him. Every step glorified him. That's what our purpose is. That's what his purpose is. And then finally, listen to this, and I'm done. The power, the power of the Incarnation. Was he redeems? You know what I'm looking at here. The power of God. That's right. I mean, if it wasn't for the power of God, we all be in hell tonight, yes. right? Amen. There's. Let's be honest. Some of you, including me, when when people heard you got saved, you know what they did? Yeah. That guy. Yes. Amen. That's God's power. Amen. And. and and because of that, you can still be saved today. To you can still see. We we live in this world. Day was like, well, you know, I just was well, the devil so strong. Brother Shane, he's so strong. It's so hard to live for God. <laughs> Come on. What? I'm gonna finish with this. Pay attention. To what I'm gonna tell you. Yeah. It's hard to live for God and live for this world. That's, right. That's what's hard. See, see, a lot of folks are trying to live for God and live for this world. You're right; you can't do that. You got to choose. I'm a Christian, and I want to. You're not. If I'm gonna, if I'm gonna know God, right? Intimately know God. What's this? I'm gonna have to suffer. Got to. You can't get around it. See, you you can even because, in order to understand him, you got to suffer. Right? You want to understand the power of his resurrection, but Paul said you also have to understand the fellowship of his suffering. Yes, sir. Now you can't do that in your flesh. It's going to take God's power in your life. Right. Why? Because when he came to earth, from the moment he was born to the moment he died, he suffered. He didn't live in no big house, by the way. Right. I think he told him, he said, look, you want to follow me? He said, I don't have anywhere to lay my head. That's right. That's right. I, don't have, I don't have anywhere to go. That's right? right? So the night of nights, What this should remind us is that God loves us. And with God all things are possible. Right? And these shepherds, God came to them, manifested the angels. See what happened? God gave the angels as messengers, right? Right? Then he told the shepherds, he said, now go check this out for yourself. And it moved them so much, you know what they became? Messengers. Now watch this. You know who's God left to be the messengers now? Not angels. Right? Right? He didn't say, listen now, Baptist folk, saved by the good grace of God, y'all just sit at your churches and this world's dying going to hell. What I'm going to do is I'm going to send the angels. Yep, don't need y'all. No, no. See, now we're the messengers. Now we're the messengers. And so we're the angels. Matter of fact, once they saw, once the shepherds saw and had an experience, not with Mary, by the way, but with Jesus. Here's some lowly shepherd boys that they, near I can tell, Brother Ryan, they were they were introverts. <laughs> you say, how hey, you know that? Because they were shepherding. Yes. And if you was an extrovert and you like to be around people, you wasn't no shepherd. Because right. you'd have to be out there for weeks and months at the time. Yes. Sometimes that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? But I doubt they was they were the town criers going around and saying, listen, we had a revival down at the synagogue. Y'all come on. <laughs> well now all of a sudden they had an encounter and experience with Jesus. And they couldn't keep their mouth shut. That's, wow. That's what a night of nights does. It yeah. changes who you are. Yeah. Changes yeah. up. Yeah. So tonight as we celebrate and remember the birth of Christ. It wasn't just an ordinary birth. It wasn't an ordinary night. It was a special night. I want you to stand with me tonight. Miss Susan's going to come. She's just going to play a verse or two of invitation. Maybe tonight God's reminded you of some things and maybe you just want to get on the altar and thank God. Maybe God spoke to your heart and you've never been saved. Whatever your need is, you come. Night of nights. Let this be the night. God does something in your heart that changes. We got a new year coming up. Praise God for that. But if you've got the same things going on as you had this year, it doesn't really matter, does it? If you don't know Him as your Savior, I invite you to come. Maybe you. Maybe you've not been the messenger you need to be. Maybe you're asking God, God, give me more boldness this year. Give me more of a spirit and a heart to tell others about the goodness of God. Maybe there's some unforgiveness in your heart, bitterness. So you can't move on, really serve God until you deal with the junk. These, these shepherds were humble right that's who God spoke to the humble Heavenly Father, I thank you for the message and all the singing tonight. We want it to glorify you and pray that it did. Help us to be mindful of the night of nights and what you did for us 2,000 years ago. Keep us safe. Give us a good spirit as we deal with family. and Sometimes that's not easy, but give us the right spirit to love them and show you to them. As we come to the end of this year, beginning of a new year, remind us of your goodness. Let us do greater things for the cause of Christ with your power. In Jesus' name we pray.